welcome back. I'm your host, Esther Polito, your favorite Jersey girl, and this is the Baddest Broad Podcast. My special guest for today, Taylor Thomas. She's a business owner, wife, and a dog mom to cute, the two cute uh, wiener dogs. Do we call them wiener dogs? Is that what you call them? Weens. Yeah. Weens. Weens. Weens just sounds so foul already. No. <laughs> Sorry in advance. <laughs> but Taylor, welcome to the podcast. There's going to be a lot of laughing and giggling on top of the already, a lot of the laughing and giggling I already do on this podcast because I can't help myself. Um, so I'm so happy to have you. Thank you. First of all, you have to be in my pantheon of like LMTs, which mm -hmm. is really hard to say because there's so many people, but I find that there's a lot of people that are not very good, which I'll have you speak to yeah. in a little bit, just because of the kind of training that is either provided or not provided. So I feel like this is a great avenue and time for you to kind of talk about some of those items. Um, but so happy to have you. Um, I'll have you kind of do just introduce yourself and, you know, share with us how you became an LMT and yeah. your road to where you are right now. Totally. So I started my LMT journey back in 2017. Um, I'm basically an embryo egg. I'm 25 years old. I barely lived life. Um, I just like I wasn't to be gonna super bring up your age. Oh, I every time you remind me, I'm just like, how are you this young? I know. Um, so basically, I graduated from high school in 2016, had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. Um, and unfortunately, we had a really big loss in my family. Uh, my stepdad committed suicide about two weeks after I graduated from high school. And I was really lost. I just did not know what path I wanted to take or what to do with my life, honestly. Um, and one day, my biological father was like, what about massage therapy? I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, I should look into that. So um, I ended up going to East West College of the Healing Arts, which is located in Portland, Oregon, downtown. Um, wonderful school. I did about a year and a half training there. And my main focus while I was at that school was deep tissue massage, um, Tui Na, which is like a Chinese style massage. Um, and then just like focusing on people and how to take care of them with love and compassion and just being the best person you can. Um, so that's kind of my start. And then after that, I actually went back to school. I went to Paul Mitchell, the school of Portland, um, and I obtained my aesthetics license and my nail tech license. So I'm a little bit of a jack of all trades. I can kind of do it all. Um, but my main focus is massage and skin. And you do it really well, I have to say. Hell yeah, all I do. This, all of this is because of Taylor. <laughs> yes. When people yes. wonder what I do, I'm like, well, I'm pretty consistent with these this these these things. So yeah. I see you. Taylor, by the way, is my massage therapist. Um, full disclosure. I'm not shy about that. And Taylor is what who we consider um booked and busy. Booked and busy. <laughs> Your books are closed, which closed. I'm not sure. Like, do you know how many practicing massage therapists out there have closed books? Is it 50%? Like, what's, what does um, that look like? I would say in the population in Portland, Oregon, that maybe 10% of LMTs are, like, actually booked booked. Um, mm -hmm. That's just, yeah, I don't see it a whole lot, which I'm very fortunate that I am in this position where I've got an abundance of clients that want to come in. And I think that's what I want to focus on is, like, why do people want to come to me? Um, it's not a mystery. Because you're amazing. There's, 
I mean, besides that, but, um, <laughs> there's a process to it. There are steps that I take. Um, this mm-hmm. is not a random act. Um, I very much so have focused on getting myself to this point and I'm really excited to share that with you. Yeah. I think there's a couple of things you do really well, which was, I think came into the forefront, especially because you started your business around COVID. <laughs> Yeah, like yeah. in the thick of COVID, and I met you. It must have been like maybe twenty twenty one, or it's like, yeah. or maybe before that. It was when they started finally opening things and opening mm-hmm. businesses and just yeah, making it available um, to people. So that was like a few years ago, maybe two and a half. July years ago. of twenty twenty one. Yeah, that was when the place I was working at reopened, and that's when we connected. Okay, um, but basically, I worked at a local spa in Portland. And that's kind of how I got my start. Um, I really focus on client connections. That way people keep coming back to me. And that's exactly what happened with you and I. Um, mm-hmm. I just realized you were super dope. And I was like, I what? Her. <laughs> I know what? Um, I just thought you were so cool. And I was like, she's a genuine person and a client. Like, what else could you want from that? So um, basically, I focused on earning clientele, they're earning their trust, getting to know who they are, who their family is, what their dog's names are, um, just really making a personal connection with these people. And then eventually, um, yeah, you're right. I ended up actually working in this exact room that I'm recording in. And this was my studio. Um, It's located in my house. So people were brave enough to come to my home during COVID and let me work on them. Um, And that's kind of how this whole thing started. Hmm. That's amazing. Because again, you shared your age. I don't want to bring it up again, but first yeah. of all, it's really hard for people to feel <laughs> like to have the confidence and the boldness to just go off on their own. So what pushed you? Because I think I had met you at the spot you were in. I We had maybe two sessions and then you were like, by the way, I'm going to have my own studio. And I was like, okay, cool. And then you just did it. Mm-hmm. like like that it was so fast yeah. and then not only did, did you do it but it's like you were successful I feel like out the gate is that the way it felt like in the beginning or was it different from the way I remember it personally looking back it was definitely not just smooth sailing um anytime you own a business there's going to be something that happens that you don't expect For me, it was definitely COVID and like, how do I find my audience while we're all stuck at home? Mm -hmm. Um, And so for me, what I decided to do was I decided to dedicate myself to my Instagram page. I got back from my honeymoon in August of 21. And then by August of 2022, I was completely booked. So what I really focused on was making those personal connections online, but also just sharing who I am as a person, not just like, hi, I own a business. Um, I don't care what you do. You are your brand. You are the face of the business and you are who people come for. Just because I own therapeutic massage aesthetics does not make it of any value. What adds value is the person who's providing the service um, and how they care for their people. Just blew my mind. Your, Insta- you. yeah, your Instagram is really hot <laughs> and you've done a really great job and not just branding, but like even the layout. And like the like the color coordination yeah. and how you set up your space and like I'm just always in awe on how well like you have a really great eye and you're very talented and I think I tell you this every time I'm <laughs> I'm you. in the studio but it's like <laughs> it is really true and it's very rare and I think we talk a lot about um, especially during COVID like how we were so isolated and the importance of 
not just massage therapy, because depending on who you are, people feel really differently about massage therapy. They think it's just like a frivolous thing that you get to do every mm -hmm. once in a while on Mother's Day or something. But for me, yeah. like my body needs to have like chiropractic care, massage therapy. I go to talk therapy. So these are the things I need to just be like a somewhat normal human person walking around the mm -hmm. world. So yeah, that the intention that you put into your work I think comes through with your clients and, you know, with your, do you call them clients or patients or customers? Clients. clients yeah. yeah. And I feel like if I may be so bold, but I, I feel like most of your clients would say it's like when we're there, we feel really well taken care of, which is not always the totally. case <laughs> with the very many massage mm -hmm. I've had throughout the years. It's just kind of, you know, hit or miss. Either the technique is not really that great or you just don't feel super comfortable. So how, like, what are mm -hmm. the key things that you do to make people comfortable? Because it is a full-fledged spa experience. It feels very luxury. Yeah. I feel really safe. I feel, like, seen and heard. And you're very inclusive in that space. Thank you. <laughs> Um, I'd say there's a handful of things that I do to try and make it as comfortable as possible for every person who walks in. And my biggest things that I talk about this with my students all the time is when you walk into a building, what's the first thing you notice? For me, it's scent. Mm -hmm. If I walk in and I smell something, okay, like think about Hollister in 2005. You walked in and you're like, mm, like it smells like musky man. Like I don't want that vibe, but I want a vibe yeah. similar. So uh, you know from being with me for a while, I have my own essential oil that I blend myself. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that's kind of where I start the whole thing. So next would be lighting. Like how bright is it in your room? Is it dim? Does that give cozy cave vibes or is it too bright? What music are you playing? Playing. Um, so those are just the environment things that I try to really pay attention to. And the other part of it is you have to be the client yourself. Like you cannot just create this space and never receive a service in it because you don't know what your clients are going through. Um, so for me, being the client in my space gives me really great feedback. Um, I can sit in my client chair and take a look at my treatment room and go, okay, what does my client see? What do I see that I don't like? So it's, I'm constantly changing things 10% to make it just a little mm -hmm. bit better. Um, but aside from that, the care itself, oh man, I can get into this for an hour, <laughs> but um, I don't use the term, um, what are people calling it now? Just like inclusive. Like, yes, I am inclusive, yeah. but I think that word has so many different avenues. Mm. Um, what I prefer to say is I cater it to humans. So no matter what your gender, your sex, your identity is like, this is a space for you to chill mm -hmm. and you don't have to ask or answer any questions about who you are, or what you believe in. This is just for you. Um, something I say a lot is my job is to hold humans like babies. We are babies. We're giant and, babies. Yeah, totally. <laughs> And like in a good way, um, when you think about it as a child, you're being held and hopefully nurtured by somebody that loves you and wants you to grow up and be a wonderful person. Um, and that's kind of my philosophy too, is if I can just hold space for somebody where they feel safe and warm and loved and not judged, then I'm doing yeah. my job. Um, and I think that what that's what makes my space so special is I don't ask anything of my clients. You can come exactly how you are that day, no questions asked, and you're still going to receive amazing quality care. Yeah, I think that's so important. And you've touched on a few things here, which is like nurturing touch, being held, which we all need. I feel like as we get yeah. older, it's harder to ask for. 
And especially during COVID, it was really difficult. And I could tell coming out of COVID, the people that were did not properly do the work to really understand. It's like, what happened? What happened yeah. to me? What happened to us? You know, and you could tell from totally. all like the maybe the outbursts um, in certain places, acts of violence. You're like, what is happening? Or even like getting on a plane and being worried about like, is, is something about to go down right now? Or <laughs> what's about to happen? Right. And to me, a lot of that mm -hmm. has to do with people not acknowledging. It's like, I'm in pain. I don't feel good in my body. Yeah. But we, and especially for women, you know, you know, in healthcare, it's like we get gaslit all the time when we say my body hurts and they're like, stop complaining. Like, it's fine. Nothing's wrong with you. And then mm -hmm. we you kind of like just suffer through whatever you're suffering through without yeah. either being diagnosed or properly cared for. And then you're wondering why, like, is it me? Am I just like, you know, this, that or the other? Or maybe like, you know, it's fine. And it's just like something I made up in my head. So I feel like it's really important, especially mm -hmm. with like, people who want to heal or are seeking healing to be able to have that space to just acknowledge the pain that exists as a human being totally. <laughs> like moving around in the world. Yeah. So what are those conversations you need to have to like give people kind of not allow them to just be themselves, but mm -hmm. to even be able to ask questions because you teach me all kinds of things every time I'm there. And I was like, wow, I didn't know that. Or I just found out something new about myself <laughs> or just being human. Yeah. Yeah. The first thing I'll ask anybody who steps into my treatment room is how can I help you today? It's so simple, but honestly, you get the best answers. Mm -hmm. um, I've heard things from, I just experienced a traumatic event mm -hmm. to, I just lost a family member and I just need to cry and heal and get it out. Um, so honestly, asking simple, simple questions that are not too invasive will ultimately get you what you want as a uh, massage therapist yeah. or any other provider in that sense. Um, I think also the fact that we can so easily project our feelings onto our clients, that is a huge problem. And I don't think humans are really aware of it. So knowing that I might be going through some shit at home, but I'm not going to bring it to work mm. changes the game. This is a neutral space. When you walk in, it's no longer about you, the provider. It's all about your client. Um, and for me, I like to take it a step further and really get to know my client if they're willing to talk about it. That's my big thing is if you talk, I'll yeah. talk. But if you want a silent session, we will be totally silent. Um, I don't think we've had things I like. To yeah, do. I don't think we've had that. <laughs> You know, and that's okay. No, uh, that no. Is totally what's funny okay. is that before I didn't mean to cut you off, but before you, I was out, I would be out drooling the whole session. Yeah. But because you're you, we're just like, oh my god, you're not gonna believe what happened. And then this happened. Like, there's things I tell you <laughs> that I don't even tell my own therapist, which I kind of feel bad about. But I'm like, I feel like she would totally judge me if I told her this. But I'm like, Taylor, know, Taylor right? gets me. <laughs> It's essentially therapy. Yeah. It's mental therapy and physical no, therapy is. put together. And it's it so is. nice. Uh, but yeah, just kind of going back to like the, you know, projecting onto clients. But what I was saying was I really enjoy getting to know my clients and not just on the surface level, like, oh, your traps hurt. Let me work on them. But more like you just went on vacation last week. How was your dad? Mm -hmm. 
or how's Thor doing if you don't know that's Esther's dog and I'm obsessed um so like I know all of these intimate details about your life and it really brings the whole experience together like this is mind body wellness not just physical touch um and also kind of going back to what you said like you trust your therapist hopefully that is the case for most people um but you should be able to come in and just be exactly who you are in that moment and know that you're not going to be judged this is just another human who's holding space for you to come in exactly as you are yeah i think maybe most people don't feel that way especially when it comes to like holding space for people mm-hmm. what are because different people yeah. can have like different misconceptions or there's a lot of myths about like massage therapy itself like what are the other what are random things that people ask you when it comes to massage therapy that you're like where did you even get that from oh man man. i have so many things that people will ask or say or just assume um i think the number one thing that everyone talks about is how closely related sex work and massage therapy can be and i think we need to talk about this more let's get into it (laughs) am i a sex worker no, but very what important I will to tell know. You is I totally support sex <laughs> yeah. work. Yeah, no, I, I don't do that. I am strictly therapeutic. But you know what? Sex work is totally valid. Yeah. I think that in our country, it's clearly a thing and we need to get it into legislative um, passing. That way it's not being confused or muddled with massage Mm. therapy because massage is so powerful. And yes, it's very intimate, but in a different way. So if we could just separate these things, that would make my whole life so much easier. Um, But also just the appearance and the way that you post on social media or maybe the way your treatment room looks is going to tell somebody whether or not you participate in those types of things. Um, what I tell my folks is if you're looking for something, I know a girl, let me know. Um, and I'll send you down the street, but not you. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Um, no, you're absolutely correct. Yeah. I mean, you know, sex work is like one of the, it's like what we call the oldest vocation that exists. And so the fact that yes. it is still yes. considered, you know, in the black market or whatever underground, I feel like is what does the most damage to people and sex workers to begin with and they should just they should just legalize it and just tax it like everything else and our lives would be so much easier and people wouldn't yeah like of all the things that happen because it is you know underground is harming people just in general period and that's just everybody that's like concerned so i feel like that's something that people don't think about maybe or they just don't know how prevalent Mm -hmm. it is but i'm i I'm appreciative of the fact that you brought that up because I think that is a big issue that nobody, like nobody, you know, that you hear about in the news, but nobody openly, openly talks about it because it's just one of those like still like very taboo topics, even though a lot of people apparently do it. So what, what, what is the big deal? It's everywhere. Yeah. And, you know, I think something to tag along with that is it's still in our language. We're still using language that is far outdated Mm. when it comes to massage and to sex work. So just to be frank, the term massage parlor Mm. usually refers to somebody who does sex work. Not that that's a bad thing, but that is just what makes it different. So if you say massage parlor, we usually assume that is what we would call a brothel or 
other fun things that you can do that are not legal. But if you say massage therapist or a licensed massage therapist or a spa, typically that is when you know, okay, this is like a legit business who is not doing something under the table or illegal in that sense. Um, so yeah, I hear it all the time. People are like, oh, you own a massage parlor. And I'm like, I actually don't. I own a massage business, but I hear you and I get what you're saying. They just aren't educated about yeah. it. So there you go. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of shocked. Like I'm not, it's not that I'm not aware, but the fact that you have to field those questions that often is like, Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, we need there's a little there's an opportunity to do a bit of education here. Totally. And like you said before, uh, I mean, our state, Oregon, Washington, as for us, has legalized marijuana years mm -hmm. ago. And look how much money it has brought in to support schools and public housing and roads. There's so many benefits to just having it be legal and making that monetization off of it. I don't know why we're not doing it. Because America is um, based on a very prude idea. Those, oh, did those you want to get those into that and ideas. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. Like when it comes to agency and like your body, people tend to either project certain ideals onto it. And that's why, you know, America compared to like Europe is totally different. Like, you know, there's just nude beaches. It's mm -hmm. not a big deal. You'll, yeah. I, I think we were driving. To, I forget where I was. Probably in Poland or Italy, I don't know, but we're like driving down like this highway or motorway and there's just an ad and it's just like somebody's, you know, behind their, their tush on this like mm -hmm. ad on a billboard. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally different cultures. Yeah. Totally different. But I feel like there is, if we can feel more comfortable in our own bodies, that would help a lot. Number one, I feel like when you are having to disrobe, right. In that sense, it's like people are very vulnerable. Or they don't know how to act or they're very mm -hmm. self-aware of like all the imperfections or yeah. things that you kind of worry about that nobody will ever notice or care about and that's just like one you know layer of how we think of ourselves in the society and <laughs> if we could just kind of get over some of those things i think we'd be better off <laughs> but that's not like the world we live Easier in said yeah than especially done. now that it, you know as, yeah. you know you touched on like instagram and social media and you do a really good job of using it as a, as a powerful tool right for your brand and to get business but for young women it's really hard when you're like constantly comparing yourself to like you know filtered images that are highly curated of somebody's yeah. life or somebody's experience so i feel like that there lies a bit of that double-edged sword where it's like it's great it's also terrible i still have to like limit myself on how often because i'll just open up my mm -hmm. phone and like instagram will be up and i'm like how did i get here yeah. <laughs> totally it's like doom scrolling you just can't yeah. stop um as far as like the instagram stuff goes what you were saying about you know looking like them online or maybe feeling indifferent about yourself because of what someone else looks like. That is something that I'm currently trying to bridge the gap between because no, I don't look like this all the time and that's okay. And this is technically society standard, but I just don't care. And I think that's kind of our new era is women don't need to show up to look pretty and to talk to you. I'm simply here to exist, to get my business going and to support my own content, whatever that looks like. 
Um, a great example was I posted an Instagram reel yesterday at like 2.30 p.m. And I was like, no one's going to see this. It's fine. But I did it anyway. And then it went viral. Oh. <laughs> so I was like, what is happening? Like, it's the first time one of my videos has gone viral. Wait, which and one? All which one was it? Did was, I see it? You know, most people. It, I posted it like yesterday, like fresh, fresh. I don't know if you saw it, but it's a video of me watering oh, the I plant. Oh, I didn't see it. And it says, <laughs> yeah, and it says most people expect their massage therapist to be like prim and proper. And then the next slide is me smoking a joint while watering my plants. And that's just the reality. Like I'm a human yeah. being and yes, I do partake. That's right. Um, but that doesn't make me any less of a business owner. And yeah, I just think that you should be able to authentically show up as you. No, for sure. I don't. And that's another thing, right? When we're speaking of taboos. Um, yeah. Uh, and it's funny because I think depending on the space, it's like weed can al almost be more of a taboo than sex work. <laughs> depending on where you 1000%. Yes. Why is that? Yeah. Oh, my God. And like the I don't even know in the Bible about God forbid I post a video like that. People would come for me. You know, that's and those ridiculous. people are the ones that probably need a little bit of CBD and THC in their system every once in a while. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, loosen up a little. And that's the thing. That's the thing. It's like <laughs> that's one of those things because I did grow up like really religious. Both my parents were missionaries. Like the whole like idea of yeah. drugs was a really prevalent, like yeah. very serious thing. And as I've grown up, I'm just kind of like, you know what I need right now? Some CBD. So I'm not really shy about that. Yes, because I don't even. I'm at the point where it's like I'll tell people it's like I don't do drugs because I don't think of weed as a drug <laughs> at right. all i'm the same way i actively tell people i don't drink alcohol but i definitely do drugs and by drugs i mean smoking weed and maybe doing a little shroom yeah. here and there but they're natural it's not like i'm smoking nicotine packs and giving myself um throat cancer right. so i feel like that is a really big misconception is like it's natural who cares yeah no i i totally agree and i could definitely see especially for like medicinal use for a lot of people yeah. Um, it helps a lot of people. And I know that initially it was kind of like, all right, well, here's some medical marijuana. Have fun with that. And then like both, I think it was Washington first and Oregon, which is shocking to me. Yeah. Um, finally legalized it. And now it's like, you know, yeah. I mean, I am very proud of the fact that when people come to visit or come move here, I'm just kind of like, I got you. And I do have to warn people because the weed yeah. here is very high quality. It's very clean, mm -hmm. but it's really strong. Yeah. So that's one of my other, that's mm -hmm. one, one of my, one of my issues is that I constantly tell people, it's like, just be careful, like, don't overdo it. And then sure enough, they'll finish like half a blunt. And I was like, I told you not to do that. They're going to learn. Yeah. You know, let them learn. Everyone has a moment. Yeah. I know I've had mine. <laughs> um, but again, it's an abundance mindset. It, it's everywhere. And there's a plethora of it available. Um, so I think dabbling and figuring out what works best for you or how much works best for you is definitely a science. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not for everyone, which is totally okay. Kind of like drinking. I personally don't really drink. It's just not my vice. Um, but I will totally smoke some weed at the end of my day. I kind of look at it as it's like a glass of wine, oh, yeah. except for I'm not damaging my liver. Maybe I'm damaging my throat, but we don't know yet. <laughs> we'll find out in 20 years. But, um, yeah, I just think, you know. We're in 2023. Get over yeah, it. Yeah, I know. I think when I first started following you, that's one of the things about your personality that I absolutely adored and love. Because you're like, yeah, I love, I love me some Flavor Town. <laughs> yeah. 
And you're like, <laughs> I didn't know what you were yeah, talking you're about. Like, you're like, there's a, there's a bumper sticker and there's a candle. And I was kind of like, what is that? And it like, I thought initially you were like joking, but I'm like, this is just one of your no. things. This is one of your like personality traits. And I'm like, that is so hilarious because you're not shy about it. You're like, no, this is like my thing. I love Guy Fieri and I couldn't tell you why. I just Where does that even come so from? Dope. Um, just like his show? I don't, I don't know. As a his kid, hair? I like, yeah, as a kid, I watched his show a lot and the spiky blonde. I mean, who doesn't love that? Um, and just like who he is at his core, again, kind of going back to like my whole reason for being a business owner is he's so supportive of the LGBTQ community. Mm. Um, and as a public celebrity, I think that is rad yeah. that he is sharing that with people. And he, again, he's not afraid of it. He's got people over in the Bible area that are definitely anti-gay. And he's like, don't care. Let's do a wedding with a hundred lesbian couples and record it on TV. <laughs> like, Yes, Guy yeah. Fieri. Like that is the energy that I'm trying to bring. And I've gone so far that I've dedicated my body to Guy Fieri. As everyone may or may not know, I have him tattooed twice on me. So that I is forget. how much I, I love this man. Have two, two whole tattoos for this man. Yeah. Yeah. And that was one of the first things I learned yeah. too, because I think in either the second session where I met you, you had just gotten fresh tattoos on your leg. Okay, let me let me back up. Mm -hmm. So Taylor is like fun size. So she's like, she's like this tall. <laughs> and so the first time <laughs> I met you, you know, when you're like do a snap judgment of somebody, you're just kind of like, in your head, you're like, I don't know. Yeah. She's kind of, she's kind of tiny, but like Taylor has very strong hands. So like after that first session, I'm like, wait a minute. Okay. Okay. You got that. <laughs> so it didn't take yeah. very long to realize yeah. that. But then I think the second session you were like, oh yeah, I have some like, you know, I just finished like some, some of my ink and it was like both of your shins and your knee. And I was just, mm -hmm. I have tattoos. I have a, a few of them, but it's like, I, oh, oh, like just mm -hmm. seeing tattoos on somebody's shins. I'm just kind of like, I can't, I can't do that. Like that. <laughs> and I have a pretty high threshold for pain. And I was kind of like, oh girl, it's like, nah, like you got that. Mm -hmm. You win. <laughs> Yeah. As I've gotten older, I should say as a child, I was deathly afraid of being in pain. Um, my parents would tell me, you're never going to get your nose pierced. You're never going to have oh, tattoos. Really? And I kind of just, <laughs> yeah, they said that to me. And I just said, Bleh. and so look at me now, like tatted from head mm -hmm. to toe. And I kind of come to realize that pain is temporary, just like a lot of other things in our lives. And what I'm willing to give to have something in return means so much more than being in pain for three hours. Um, so that's kind of my philosophy on getting tattooed or honestly anything that is uncomfortable. Um, it's temporary. And at the end of the day, you get this amazing result, whatever it may be. Um, yeah. yeah, props to you. Um, I love how you're like three hours. I'm like, I could do a sitting for uh, maybe an hour and a half, maybe <laughs> two. Because you start... Yeah. Like you start yeah. sweating and your body just starts to like, what is happening? We're being attacked. So, and then like, I know people that'll sit for more than six hours and I'm like, I'd be dead. <laughs> There's no way. Yeah. That's like not yeah. normal. So <laughs> four is my max I and that's it. I, I can't. Yeah. No, but props to you. I'm just kind of like, what? I can't do that. Um, and I have yeah. work I need to finish and I'm just kind of like, I love having tattoos, but I hate getting tattoos. And so, like you said, it's like, it is temporary. And then like, you have to go through the healing and then there's the itching. 
part of it, but I love being tatted. Oh my God. Um, and it's funny because I, yes, the itching is, it's the, the itching worst. part. It's not even the needles. The needles I could deal with. Cause after a while, I just, you know, that part just go numb, goes mm-hmm. numb, especially if they're shading, which I hate mm-hmm. shading, but it's like not messing with it. If it's like peeling and like, you're just like, <sighs> but it's really funny because you can't see too many of my tattoos. You can see maybe two. And so when I share with people, it's like, oh yeah, I'm mm-hmm. going on like eight or more now and they're like you don't really seem like the kind of person yeah. that had it and i was like whatever i don't know what that means yeah Surprise. yeah so that's <laughs> like one of the things i really do love about living in portland is that you know like we said we're very open to other people we try to just bring we just try to wrap our arms around people in general regardless of who you are where you're from you know we're just kind of like yeah it's cool you'll find your people um, but here, yeah. like body mods yeah. and like, you know, tattoos and piercings is so normalized that when I go out to like the burbs or I go up to like different parts <laughs> of like the country and people are super clean cut, it like really freaks yeah. me out. I was like, where am I? Like, I don't like it when they're, when yeah. you don't see like tattoos and piercings around, it's like, wait a minute. This is so weird. <laughs> Yeah, some people are totally not used to it. I was in Mexico a couple of years ago, and we were at the pool, so I had a swimsuit on, and another couple came up to me, and they were like, we found someone who looks like yeah. us. And I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, people are tattooed. I'm so glad you feel familiarity mm-hmm. and comfortable. But yeah, it's totally different in other states, countries, yeah. you know. It's just the huge here. Yeah. I love how we covered so many taboo to- topics in a, sh- a short amount of time. <laughs> because that's one of my things. <laughs> yeah. About like going to Japan is some of the, the spas or the onsens. They ban tattoo, period. So yeah. you can't, you're not even really allowed mm-hmm. to go there. And I was like, man, I'm going to have to go like map out which places I'm allowed to go. Yeah. Um, because I mean, you're in a spa. So you're probably going to be in a towel or like a bathing suit or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does crack me up how especially my family when i got i'm trying to think i think two or three at that point they were really shocked and it was a very serious point of like contention within my family because they were like you shouldn't get any more like they're like you shouldn't get any more tattoos like it's Mm. just to them it's really improper even though to me it's something very personal and it's like it's an expression of art that i get to carry around on my body because my body is the canvas Totally. To me, it's like, it's not any different than collecting yeah. art you hang or prints or posters you hang on your wall. So I don't really understand. Plus, it's my body. Totally. So I don't, I don't understand yeah. why people in this society always feel, feels like they could just kind of like tell women what to do or what not to do and how to express themselves and how to look and all that stuff. It's just like crazy to me. Yeah. Part of it, I think, is just because our society like hates mm. women. And hate is a very strong word. And obviously we are not the only demographic of people who struggle with these things. Um, But just from like a general standpoint, our government does not support women. And this is not related to tattoos at all. But when it comes to healthcare or uh, just like parental rights, trying to get childcare for your family, like there is no support in the States. And I think it's really fucked up. Um, I think that we make over half the population. I mean, we produce humans. Like, why are we not getting help? I do not understand. Um, but I would just like to throw out a couple people out there. <laughs> Brett Kavanaugh. Oh, mercy. Amy Coney what, Barrett. Why? Clarence Thomas. Do See, not come for me. Because if I run for office, you will be gone. 
Don't you wish you were like, I should be in a Supreme Court because people would just pay for my shit, right? Even with some of the guys I talk to, they're so desperate to be in relationships, but some, and these are people in my life who I call like either my friends' friends or like yeah. people just in my circle. But sometimes I do wonder, I was like, do you even like women? Because of the way they treat women and the level of sexism and misogyny yeah. they tend to practice. Whether they're aware of it or not, I don't even know sometimes, or they just have massive blind spots. But I'm like, I can't really tell that you even support women, let alone want to date them or mm -hmm. have them in your life. So yeah. it's like a really strange dynamic mm -hmm. um, that, and it's 2023 and we're still talking about this stuff and it's gotten uh, even worse than it was before, which I find really shocking. I was like, how is this even possible yeah. and how are these our lives? But yeah, it's bizarre. I have no idea. It feels like we're in 1960 again and I just truly can't comprehend it. Like, why are we still talking about abortion? Yeah. I thought we already did this. Yeah. Like, why do we keep rehashing it? And my biggest thing is like the people in our government clearly don't care about what the majority of the state thinks or the states. Um, it's just awful. Like this debate was done so long ago. It just blows my mind that we are still having to fight for our mm -hmm. own rights. And that's my biggest thing is like, you should have a choice. You should have a choice no matter what it is. And I just think it's awful that we still have to fight for this in 2023. And honestly, it's going to keep going as far as we have Republican people in the Senate and in our judicial system. Yeah. That's fought. what it feels like on a minute to minute, day to day basis. Um, and yeah. I don't really even claim parties because I feel like both can be really damaging depending on what's going on. But especially for this topic and especially for women's yeah. rights and our just the ability to do what we want with our own bodies. It's mind blowing how far back, like how we've actually regressed for this yeah. particular topic. And it's like, I've had moments in my totally. life where I had no access to healthcare. I had to go to Planned Parenthood to just do your annual checkup and get your, you know, whatever birth control or whatever you have. Yeah. Um, they provide so many basic needs to people. And it's like, when I did have to do that, you know, it's like that was provided for free. And I was just so grateful to have access to that. And yeah. typically, like when you're on your way in or out, there's like at least one or two people that are like handing you a pamphlet or like asking you really intrusive questions about your health or what you're doing there. And you're just kind of like, what do yeah. you think I'm doing exactly? Like, I'm confused. And number one, it's like none of your business. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's something that I'd like to reiterate is I'm a huge advocate for Planned Parenthood. I actively yeah. donate money for my business. I go to chair massage events for them in the Portland area all the time. Um, and that's just like one of the biggest misconceptions is that Planned Parenthood is just like an abortion center, which yeah. is so not true. In fact, I'd say there are limited Planned Parenthood offices that actually provide that service. Um, typically, and kind of like what you said, we do mm -hmm. general health care, we do STD testings, we do family planning, we do all kinds of different stuff so it irks me that everyone is up and you know holds about it but truthfully like yes it is something they provide but it is not like the number yeah. one thing that they which do. i feel like people don't fundamentally understand and don't want to understand that and that's how they yeah it's exactly yeah what it it's is. really frustrating because 
I think of my younger self who, who's just kind of like, want, I wanted to take care of myself and my body. And so like, that was one of the only few places you can do it with like, ha- yeah. without having insurance. Cause you're either in between jobs or working like three part-time yeah. jobs or whatever. And so it's really infuriating to see yeah. how a lot of like those places have had to shut down, um, have, you know, gotten the death threats or like been bombed or whatever acts of violence that I'm like, I don't think that's right, number mm-hmm. one. And it's like, what is it for you to really tell people what to do? But they do it anyway. Um, and it's just like yeah. insane to me that we're still here and that we're even still discussing this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. It's like Handmaid's Tale. I it feel is, like we're very, living yeah, the You're Handmaid's absolutely right. Tale. It was like, oh. And one of my friends did make a joke about that because he was like, it was around COVID. He's like, should I just get you a cowl and like um, that red robe to start wearing now? Or should we wait? And I was like, ha ha. No. <laughs> I was like, ha ha, it's happening. Yeah. You're we're like, screwed. That's funny. <laughs> um, yeah. There's just, it's, it's weird. And sometimes, you know, I meet people raising daughters and I'm like, how do you even do it? Because if I were to adopt a child, I was like, I don't know how I would explain this to a young woman, a young girl saying, hey. By the way, your yeah. life's going to be really hard and you're probably screwed. So uh, good luck with that. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think my generation and I can't speak for everybody, but for me personally, I'm at that point where I don't feel comfortable bringing another fetus no. into the world. This world sucks. It's great at some points, but let's be real. Like the majority of it is not great. Um, The school shootings that are happening, you have to worry about your kid dying now when they go to school. Going to a grocery store is not safe. Going to a movie theater is not safe. Going to a mall is not safe. It's like, what? what is the point in bringing in another life if you are so unsure of what their future is going to look like? I just think it's unfair for that unborn person. And that's just me. I don't think we will be having kids because it's You're just not, not the safe only for them. I've heard that from, and I definitely there was, I, you know, I fall into yeah. the same category because I was like, if society cannot guarantee me that my child can just safely walk to the grocery store and back, or to school right. and back, or to whatever public area that, sh- that sh- should be deemed like you know safe spaces, sacred spaces. What are we even talking about? Don't be telling me that I'm not doing my job as a woman because I'm not popping out kids. <laughs> it's like, no, no. Yeah. It's right? like, you're going to have oh to, like, that needs to be a two-way <laughs> conversation where you, somebody needs to guarantee me that, yeah. you know, these things can be, can, can just happen. They could just exist as people and not just be like, you know, staying up at night right. wondering what's about to happen. So, yeah, no, I definitely fall into the same camp. I'm mm-hmm. just like, I don't, I don't even know. I have no idea. Okay. Um, yeah, the uncertainty yeah. is what gets That's why me. my anxiety probably is just like through the roof most of the time. <laughs> Hence all the massage therapy. Yeah. <laughs> um, because we do kind totally. of like hold on to that stuff in our body without us even knowing it. Um, but before we run out of time, I did want to give you an opportunity because you're this like mm-hmm. massive business owner. Oh, yeah. As far as like long-term goals. What do you see, you know, for the next year, couple of years? Yeah. I know you've always wanted to have like maybe a bigger space to do different things. Uh, How is that going and what, what do you see in the future? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So far, so good. Um, as far as like big long-term goals are, I always tell people and they laugh that I want to retire by me. And what I mean by that is just hands off. Like I don't want to physically be working. Mm-hmm. By 30 but i want to Hold be on, so admin. how many years so do i, I have the left? business do the back end that kind of thing <laughs> five okay just making sure 
<laughs> yeah, making sure. Years left. I'm, pre- I'm prepared yeah, for we'll this. Yeah, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. I'll find you someone new by then. Um, but as far as like longevity goes, yeah, I would like a bigger space. Um, I don't know what that looks like for me yet. And honestly, I'm kind of just letting life throw things at me and we're just kind of going with it. Um, I have never planned any of my moves as far as like my spa setting goes. It's all just kind of been an abundance. So for me, it's really important to say my affirmations and to just let Mm. the universe provide for me. Because ultimately, if I'm giving that energy, it's going to respond right back. And that's exactly what happened with my current space. I had no idea that I was going to sign for a bigger, better building. Um, In fact, I did not know. So I signed a lease Mm. for my old space, which meant I was paying for two locations at the same time. But it worked out. And I'm so grateful for this opportunity to be able to, you know, afford two different spaces and run two separate businesses. Um, But aside from that, we're just hoping bigger things in the future. I would love to have a sauna. Oh, I'd be there every other day. Um, And just more like a place where people can come hang. Um, Again, body neutrality, like um, one of my favorite things about some spas is they have gender specific days. So if you don't want to wear a bathing suit or a towel or a robe, like you can just be in your little earth suit. Before we close here, I, I want to make sure I ask, like, how can we, your clients, um, better support yourself and yeah. other small business owners? Because I know this has been a really, really tough time just for like anybody trying to do anything. Yeah. So my number one piece of advice for clients is if you receive a service from anybody, whether it's a doctor's office, massage therapist, your nail tech, whatever, leave them a review and leave them a five-star glowing review. Because ultimately what this does is it draws in more traction from whoever's Googling, you know, like hairstylist near me. And you're going to pop up when you get more reviews and get higher rating reviews. So the best thing you can do is leave your friend a review and have it be a genuine one. Don't say, it was great. Give detail. Like the table was warm and the scent was on point and Mm -hmm. the person listened. Um, So that is a great way to support folks. If you don't want to do Google reviews, um, just sharing content is really, really helpful. I'm trying to think now, have I left you a review on your review recently? I'm usually pretty good about (laughs) stuff like that. I'm really adamant. Because I I probably should have done it. Yeah. And I think part of it. Yeah. But part of it is on the business owner. So even though it would be ideal for your clients to leave your reviews, you have to ask for them. You cannot just expect it to happen. You have to do the work. So following up with your clients, texting them, hey, can you leave me a review? Mm -hmm. Or just following up, like, how are you feeling? Makes a huge difference. That's awesome. Well, everybody listening, please go uh, leave a review and support your local businesses. Um, Taylor, I'm so happy to have you on here. (laughs) I'm sure yeah. I'll have you on again in the future. Thank um, you. You're just the best. It's just all around. You're just magic. Yeah, you're just magic. So I appreciate you you're so much for coming thank on. Thank you. Um, and thank you to all the listeners out there. Uh, hopefully you're doing well. I love you guys, all you baddies out there. Until next time.